Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of the Course in Miracles original edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, or if you mouse over the link at top for online edition, you'll see the link to read A Course in Miracles OE. On that same drop-down, there's an option to subscribe to have both the daily text reading and the lesson for the day sent to you from the Course in Miracles Society. My name is Lori Cameron. This call is Monday through Friday from about 9.15 to about 10.50 a.m. Eastern. And today we are finishing our reading of Chapter 30, The New Beginning, with Section 9, Changeless Reality. We're also mindful of our lesson today, Lesson 325. All things I think I see reflect ideas. And by way of opening this morning, um, Helen Schuckman has set us up with the most perfect thought, the most perfect idea in her book, The Gifts of God. The poem is called A Jesus Prayer. And it goes like this. A child, a man, and then a spirit come in all your loveliness. Unless you shine upon my life, it is a loss to you. And what is lost to you is also mine. I cannot calculate why I am here except for this. I know that I have come to seek you here and find you. In your life, you show the way to my eternal home. A child, a man, and then a spirit. So I follow in the way you showed me that I may come at last to be like you. What but your likeness would I want to be? There is a silence where you speak to me and give me words of love to say for you to those you send to me. And I am blessed because in them I see you shining through. There is no gratitude that I can give for such a gift. The light around your head must speak for me, for I am dumb beside your gentle hand with which my soul is led. I take your gift in holy hands, for you have blessed them with your own. Come, brothers, see how like to Christ am I, and I to you, whom he has blessed and holds as one with me. A perfect picture of what I can be, you show to me, that I might help renew your brother's failing sight. And as they look up, let them not look on me, but only you. <laughs> All things I think I see reflect ideas. Amen. Sorry. Thank you, Helen. Yes, indeed. Can I have you? Oh, you're here, Judy. Hi. Oh, sorry, Lori. <laughs> I can read. Not at all. Okay, great. Good morning. Okay, my friends, here's our reading list this morning. We have Lemoyne, Yvonne, Lana, Harrison, Micah, and Judy. And we're joined in listening this morning by Robin Marie, Diana, Ida, and perhaps Roz in a bit. Is there anyone else who would 
joined us that would like to be on the reading list or say hi, and I don't see anyone. So, okay. Then with the resounding finish to Chapter 30, The New Beginning, we'll finish with Section 9, Changeless Reality. Paragraph 89. Appearances deceive but can be changed. Reality is changeless. It does not deceive at all, and if you fail to see beyond appearances, you are deceived. For everything you see will change, and yet you thought it real before, and now you think it real again. Reality is thus reduced to form, and capable of change. Reality is changeless. It is this that makes it real, and keeps it separate from all appearances. It must transcend all form to be like itself. No, it must transcend all form to be itself. It cannot change. Oh, my. Chapter 30, The New Beginning. Section 9, Changeless Reality. Appearances deceive, but can be changed. Reality is changeless. It does not deceive at all, and if you fail to see beyond appearances, you are deceived. For everything you see will change, and yet you thought it real before, and now you think it real again. Reality is thus reduced to form and capable of change. Reality is changeless. It is this that makes it real and keeps it separate from all appearance. It must transcend it must transcend all form to be itself. It cannot change. The miracle is the means to demonstrate that all appearances can change because they are appearance and cannot have the changelessness reality entails. The miracle attests salvation from appearances by showing they change. Your brother has a changelessness in him beyond appearance and deception both. It is obscured by changing views of him which you perceive as his reality. The happy dream about him takes the form of the appearance of his perfect health, his perfect freedom from all forms of lack and safety from disaster of all kinds. The miracle is proof he is not bound by loss or suffering in any form because it can so easily be changed. This demonstrates that it was never real and could not stem from his reality, for that is changeless and has no effects which anything in heaven or on earth could ever alter. But appearances are shown to be unreal because they change. Thank you, Lemoyne. And Yvonne. Okay. Thank you, Lemoyne, Laurie. The miracle 
is means to demonstrate that all appearances can change because they all because they are appearances and cannot have the changelessness reality entails. The miracle attests salvation from appearances by showing they can change. Your brother has a changelessness in him beyond appearance and deception both. It is obscured by changing views of him, which you perceive as his reality. The happy dream about him takes the form of the appearance of his perfect health, his perfect freedom from all forms of lack and safety from disaster of all kinds. The miracle is proof he is not bound by loss or suffering in any form because it can so easily be changed. This demonstrates that it was never real and could not stem from his reality. For that is changeless and has no effects which anything in heaven or on earth could ever alter. But appearances are shown to be unreal because they change. What is temptation but a wish to make illusions real? It does not seem to be the wish that no reality be so, yet it is an assertion that some forms of idols have a powerful appeal which makes them harder to resist than those you would not want to have reality. Temptation, then, is nothing more than this. A prayer, the miracle, touch not some dreams, but keep their unreality obscure and give to them reality instead. And heaven gives no answer to the prayer, nor can a miracle be given you to heal appearances you do not like. You have established limits. What you ask is given you, but not of God, who knows no limits. You have limited yourself. Pass. Thank you. Thank you, Yvonne. And Lana. Okay. 91. What is temptation but a wish to make illusions real? It does not seem to be the wish that no reality be so. Yet it is an assertion that some forms of idols have a powerful appeal which makes them harder to resist than those you would not want to have reality. Temptation, then, is nothing more than this. A prayer, the miracle, touch not some dreams, but keep their unreality obscure and give to them reality instead. And heaven gives no answer to the prayer, nor can a miracle be given you to heal appearances you do not like. You have established limits. What you ask is given you, but not of God who knows no limits. You have limited yourself. 20, I'm sorry, 92. Reality is changeless. Miracles but show what you have interposed between reality and your awareness is unreal and does not interfere at all. The cost of a belief there must be some appearances beyond the hope of change is that the miracle cannot come forth from you consistently. 
for you have asked it be withheld from power to heal all dreams. There is no miracle you cannot have when you desire healing, but there is no miracle that can be given you unless you want it. Choose what you would heal, and he who gives all miracles has not been given freedom to bestow his gift upon God's Son. When he is tempted, he denies reality, and he becomes the willing slave of what he chose instead. Thank you, Lana. And Harrison. 92. Reality is changeless. Miracles would show what you have interposed between reality and your awareness is unreal and does not interfere at all. The cost of the belief there must be some appearances beyond the hope of change is that the miracle cannot come forth from you consistently. For you have asked it be withheld from power to heal all dreams. Read that again. For you have asked it be withheld from power to heal all dreams. There is no miracle you cannot have when you desire healing. But there is no miracle that can be given you unless you want it. Choose what you would heal. And he who gives all miracles has not been given freedom to bestow his gifts upon God's Son. When he is tempted, he denies reality, and he becomes the willing slave of what he chose instead. 93. Because reality is changeless, is a miracle already there to heal all things that change and offer them to you to see in happy form the void of fear. It will be given you to look upon your brother thus, but not while you would have it otherwise in some respects. For this but means you would not have him healed and whole. The Christ in him is perfect. Is it this that you would look upon? then let there be no dreams about him which you would prefer to seeing this. And you will see the Christ in him 
because you let him, capital H, come to you. And when he, capital H, has appeared to you, you will be certain you are like him, capital H, for he, capital H, is the changeless in your brother and in you. Thank you, Harrison. And Micah. Okay. Uh, 93. Because reality is changeless, is a miracle already there to heal all things that change and offer them to you to see in happy form, devoid of fear. It will be given you to look upon your brother thus, but not while you would have it otherwise in some respects. For this but means you would not have him healed and whole. The Christ in him is perfect. Is it this that you would look upon? Then let there be no dreams about him which you would prefer to seeing this. And you will see the Christ in him because you let him, capital H, come to you and when he capital H has appeared to you you will be certain you are like him capital H for he H is the changeless in your brother and in you 94 this will you look upon when you decide there is not one appearance you would hold in place of what your brother really is. Let no temptation to prefer a dream allow uncertainty to enter here. Be not made guilty and afraid when you are tempted by a dream of what he is. But do not give it power to replace the changeless in him in your sight of him. There is no false appearance but will fade if you request a miracle instead. There is no pain from which he is not free if you would have him be but what he is. Why should you fear to see the Christ in him? You but behold yourself in what you see as he is healed, are you made free of guilt? For his appearance is your own to you. Thank you, Micah. I'm Judy. Oh, holy instant. Thank you, Lori. This will you look upon when you decide... There is not one appearance you would hold in place of what your brother really is. Let no temptation to prefer a dream allow uncertainty to enter here. Be not made guilty and afraid when you are tempted by a dream of what he is. But do not give it power to replace the changeless in him in your sight of him. (laughs) 
There is no false appearance, but will fade if you request a miracle instead. There is no pain from which he is not free if you would have him be but what he is. Oh my God, I love that. There is no pain from which he is not free if you would have him be but what he is. Why should you fear to see the Christ in him? You but behold yourself in what you see. As he is healed, are you made free of guilt? For his appearance is your own to you. Amen. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Judy, and thank you, everyone who read this morning. And... Um, <laughs> If this could be taken apart, it wouldn't be changeless reality, huh? <laughs> Impossible as it is to summarize, I thought, since there are only five paragraphs here, it would um, be best if we summarize it together by reading one paragraph at a time. Um, and I think we have enough readers we could do that. Um, what say you? Lori, Jessica's here too. I could read. I don't know if you... Awesome. If that complicates things. Yeah. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> and all of the, we could do it I like... Can read, I can read too. <laughs> Robin awesome. Okay. All right. Okay. So if we could do that, um, we could give a paragraph. Uh, Judy had just one. So we could give a paragraph to Judy and Jessica and Robin Marie and um, two other readers. Karen, I can read. Karen, okay. Judy, Jessica, Robin Marie, Karen, and this one more Sandra. reader. I can read it. Awesome. Great. Karen and Sandra. Perfect. Is there anyone I've overlooked? Okay, Judy, why don't you start us off? Lovely. Thank you, Lori. The changeless reality. Appearances deceive, but can be changed. Reality is changeless. It does not deceive at all. And if you fail to see beyond appearances, you are deceived. For everything you see will change, and yet you thought it real before, and now you think it real again. Reality is thus reduced to form and capable of change. Reality is changeless. It is this that makes it real and keeps it separate from all appearances. It must transcend all form to be itself. It cannot change. Thank you, Judy. And Jessica. 90. The miracle is means to demonstrate that all appearances can change because they are appearances and cannot have the changelessness reality entails. The miracle 
attests salvation from appearances by showing they can change. Your brother has a changelessness in him beyond appearance and deception both. It is obscured by changing views of him which you perceive as his reality. Sorry, someone was calling me. Um, for, whoops, for the happy dream about him takes the form of the appearance of his perfect health, his perfect freedom from all forms of lack and safety from disaster of all kinds. The miracle is proof he is not bound by loss or suffering in any form because it can so easily be changed. This demonstrates that it was never real and could not stem from his reality. For that is changeless and has no effects which anything in heaven or on earth could ever alter. But appearances are shown to be unreal because they change. Thank you, Jessica. And Robin Marie. 91. What is temptation but a wish to make illusions real? It does not seem to be the wish that no reality be so. Yet it is an, an assertion that some forms of idols have a powerful appeal which makes them harder to resist than those you would not want to have reality. Temptation, then, is nothing more than this, a prayer the miracle touch, not some dreams, but keep their unreality obscure and give them to reali- and give to them reality instead. And heaven gives no answer to the prayer, nor can a miracle, miracle be given you to heal appearances you do not like. You have established limits. What you ask is given you, but not of God who knows no limits. You have limited yourself. Thank you, Robin Marie. And Karen. 92. Reality is changeless. Miracles but show you what you have interposed between reality and your awareness is unreal and does not interfere at all. The cost of the belief there must be some appearances beyond the hope of change is that the miracle cannot come forth from you consistently, for you have asked it be withheld from power to heal all dreams. There is no miracle you cannot have when you desire healing. But there is no miracle that can be given you unless you want it. Choose what you would heal, and he who gives all miracles has not been given freedom to bestow his gift upon God's son. When he is tempted, he denies reality, and when he becomes the willing slave of what he goes instead. Thank you, Karen. And Sandra. 
because reality is changeless, it is a miracle already there to heal. Sorry. Because reality is changeless, is a miracle already there to heal all things that change and offer them to you to see in happy form devoid of fear. It will be given you to look upon your brother thus, but not while you would have it otherwise in some respect. For this but means you would not have him healed and whole. The Christ in him is perfect. Is it this that you would look upon? Then let there be no dreams about him which you would prefer to seeing this. And you will see the Christ in him because you let him come to you. And when he has appeared to you, you will be certain you are like him. For he is the changeless in your brother and in you. Thank you, Sandra. And is there a new reader that would like to finish then with paragraph 94? New reader for paragraph 94. Okay, would anyone like to volunteer to read paragraph 94? Thank you, Harrison. Harrison, did I understand you wanted to read it? No, I wanted you to read it. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. I would love to. Okay. So picking up just a little bit from 93. The Christ in him is perfect. Is it this that you would look upon? And let there be no dreams about him which you would prefer to see in this. And this will you look upon. When you decide there is not one appearance you would hold in place of what your brother really is. Let no temptation to prefer a dream allow uncertainty to enter here. Be not made guilty and afraid when you are tempted by a dream of what he is, but do not give it power to replace the changeless in him in your sight of him. There is no false appearance but will fade if you request a miracle instead. There is no pain from which he is not free if you would have him be but what he is. Why should you fear to see the Christ in him? You but behold your capital self in what you see. As he is healed, are you made free of guilt? For his appearance is your own to you. Oh my goodness. Amen. And the floor is open. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, everyone who read twice, even. Thank you, Laurie. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Laurie. Thank you, Jesus. And everybody who read and listened. Mm-hmm.
This is Harrison. This is an amazingly succinct description of the Course's teaching. Just kind of seems to summarize the idea uh, at the beginning of the, the Course. Nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. And this section um, really goes into what is real and what is unreal. If it can be changed, if it could be changed, then it's unreal. And these are three words, reality is changeless. Oh boy, reality is changeless. I just kind of allowed that to permeate all of my thinking. And what I came up with is that 99 and 9 tenths percent of what I viewed as reality is not reality at all because it's changeless. If I begin with this cherished illusion I call the body, and I recognize that from the moment this body took its first breath, 78 years later, and I look at all the changes, the changes that have occurred to that body over that period of time. Can I say that the body is real if reality is changeless? So this really tells me just take a good, hard look at what you think reality is and recognize that it is their only appearances, sickness, death, war, hate, you name it, they're just appearances. And the miracle will demonstrate that all of these appearances can and will change because they are appearances. 
and can't have the changelessness reality entails. If I could absorb a fact and not resist what he's saying in this section, then I'm almost there. I'm complete. Oh, that was beautiful, Harrison. Yeah, that's great. Yes, indeed. That really was wonderful. Thank you. Mm. Thank you, Harrison. I've always loved this section, and I I agree with what Harrison just shared. The um, the irreconcilable difference between how God created me, created us, his son, one son perfect, perfect. The Christ in us is perfect in our unity and our grace. And is this we would look upon. Um, and that seeing, seeing through the body's eyes of perception, that salvation is, is to be healed from that, to be released from that, to be um, released from judgment. Perception is judgment. Judgment evaluates, defines, names, labels, evaluates according to the unstable scales of desire, not seeing everything as equal, equally containing God in every bit of it. That in everything, God is the is the container of the whole, and to separate it out in any way, shape, or form is to deny the reality, to deny my own reality. Um, but this this idea about temptation and wish to make some illusions real, to recognize that anything in perception itself is an illusion is vital in order for me to accept the principle that there is no order of difficulties to miracles, that it can change anything that's perceivable or conceivable even in the world, um, and that um, there, there's that one line that's particularly um, strong, that temptation is nothing more then a prayer, the miracle, touch not some dreams, but keep their um, unreality obscure and give to them, quote, I'm going to put quotes around this, give to them, quote, reality, unquote, instead. Um, you know that, and heaven gives no answers to the, um, to heal appearances you do not like. So, Pray not, and it reminded me of Harrison when I thought of this, because <laughs> he says it, pray not to change the world, but um, the prayer is to change my mind and from what point of view, what perspective, what source am I seeing the world through? Ideas leave not their source. And um, this is just so chock full of stuff. 
in the lesson today, too. I'll be, I'll be quiet now because it's getting close to the top of the hour. I love you all. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you, Judy. Thank you, Thank you, Judy. Thank you. Well, and you gave us our intro to the top of the hour. And today Harrison has volunteered to lead our reflection on what is creation and all things I think I see reflect ideas. So Harrison, with our gratitude, please lead us. Okay. I'm not Fran. She does this so very well. But I'll share my version. We're on part two of the workbook for students. And our theme is what is creation? I'll just read the first paragraph. Creation is the sum of all God's thoughts. In number infinite and everywhere without all limit. And thoughts was with a capital T. Only love with a capital L creates and only like itself, capital I. There was no time when all that it, capital I, created was not there. Nor will there be a time when anything that it, capital I, created suffers any change forever and forever. A God's thoughts, capital T, exactly as they were and as they are unchanged through time and after time is done. Just read that last sentence again. Forever and forever are God's thoughts exactly as they were and as they are unchanged through time and after time is done. In today's lesson, all things I think I see reflect ideas. This is salvation's keynote. What I see reflects a process in my mind which starts with my idea of what I want. From there, the mind makes up 
an image of the thing the mind desires, so desirable, and therefore seeks to find. These images are thus projected outward, looked upon, esteemed as real, and guarded as one's own. From insane wishes comes an insane world. From judgment comes a world condemned. And from forgiving thoughts, a gentle world comes forth. With mercy for the Holy Son of God, to offer him a kindly home where he can rest a while before he journeys on, can help his brother walk ahead with him and find the way to heaven and to God. Our Father, your ideas reflect the truth and mine apart from yours but make up dreams. Let me behold what only yours, capital Y, reflect. For yours, capital Y, and yours, capital Y, alone establish truth. I read something that Jim Watney wrote about this lesson. He said, what we perceive outside comes from a thought within. If we perceive anger, loss, or sin, we but see a shadow of the separation thought we make real in our minds. Similarly, if we perceive only love or cause for love, we see a reflection of the atonement we chose for our truth within the dream. All things I think I see reflect ideas. Thank you. So we'll take a minute to reflect on this. Can we just take a minute to reflect? Absolutely. Let this settle.
All things I think I see reflect ideas. Amen. Thank you, Harrison. That was so beautifully done. Thank you, Harrison. Thank you, Harrison. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just thinking, Harrison. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Well, for me, this, um, the text today can be summed up in just a few short words. Um, That... All things are a miracle, and that a miracle is always there already to reach for whenever we feel like we or somebody around us or anybody actually needs one. And I hope I can, personally, I can hope I can live up to this today and know that for real instead of just knowing it in words and, and, and reach for a miracle today. Thank you so much. I'm complete. That was beautiful, Ida. Oh, that's for you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Thanks, Ida. Good morning, this is Sandra. <clears throat> and... Um, All things I think I see reflect ideas. And somehow I got programmed with with the idea that I was a person. Um, And so I began to take everything personally. Um, uh, This is Salvation's keynote. What I see reflects a process in my mind which starts with my mind, starts with my, with my idea of what I want. So I wanted the truth of who I am, <laughs> I believe, wanted to be able to have an experience of form, which was perfectly okay. It's okay for spirit to want to have an experience of form because spirit is eternal, immortal, limitless. It can it can manifest in any way it wants to, and apparently it wanted to manifest form, a form called the body. The problem was that when I did that, somehow I forgot that I was really still spirit, just having an experience called form, called the body. And I began to identify with the form and then start to take everything personally because I thought I was a person. And it's not, it's not the truth of who I am. But it's forgivable for sure. And then in 93 it says, because reality is changeless, true reality is I'm not a person. I am spirit because a person is temporal. It, it only lasts a certain amount of time and then it's going to, you know, go back to the earth. Um, um, 
because reality is changeless, is a miracle already there to heal all things that change. So this is telling me that the miracle is my remembering that I am spirit. (laughs) I'm not a body. I am spirit. I'm a thought in the mind of God. And um, and that that is that creates an experience when I identify with that thought rather than being a person of freedom and also of lack of fear. Because if I'm not a body, then what what am I afraid of? There's nothing to fear. The biggest fear that I have in this body experience is the fear of death. And I don't need to have that fear anymore because I don't need to identify with being a body. Um, and it's just, it's just so, so clear. It will be given you to look upon your brother thus. So if I look upon, if I tell the same lie, if I see my brother with the same lie that I saw myself, that I was a person, and I see my brother as a person, then... Um, I mean, I, there's a problem. I'm seeing separation. But if I see my brother as spirit, and I see myself as spirit, uh, which is which is perfect. It's limitless. It's all encompassing, all accepting, and it sees only innocence. It sees myself as innocent, and it sees my brother as innocent. And for that, I have to call on something greater than myself, although it is part of who I am, which is my higher mind. Because sometimes I still forget. <laughs> and, and so when I can. I, it's telling me all through this book that I'm going to forget. That's part of the experience of being in a body form. I'm going to forget. But here's all I need to remember the truth of who I am and remember the truth of who you are and have a happy dream and then let God take the final step. I'm complete. That's strong, Sandra. Oh, that Thank was, you. That was wonderful, that Sandra. Was great, Sandra. Thank you. Oh, that was great, Sandra. Thank you. And Ida, you too. Thank you for your share. Oh, thank you, Lana. Mm. That's very complete, Sandra. Thank you. Yes, thank you. And thanks again. I don't want to forget. I don't want to forget. I'm complete. I hear you. Hi. I'm just thinking back over the course of, um, you know, the second coming of Christ and, um, you know, the... What really um, jumped out at me in my reading this in the lesson this morning prior to the calls was um, the real world and, and thinking about the second coming of Christ and, and, and recognizing um, that um, what is the same cannot be different, that all its spirit, and, and what is one cannot have separate parts, that it's all equally, equally God giving himself to everything equally all is and it's and its wholeness and its oneness lies and its holiness and its wholeness and its oneness lies 
in um, that nothing is is in part, um, that it is in its wholeness. Hello. Yes. Can I help you? Yes. And I was just um, thinking, I don't, I just, um, in, in, in praise, praise to my creator and, and in gratitude to my creator, I no longer see the world as it is, as I used to perceive it. I, through the separate eyes of Judy, thinking there was an inside Judy with private thoughts and private desires and separate interests and goals um, in, in, in practicing Christ's vision, seeing through the eyes of forgiveness, um, and having the second coming of Christ come every morning and, and in every holy instant, being able to see, to see not through the eyes of blindness, but to see, really truly see, that God is in everything, everywhere, all the time and already. And that I, I no longer see the world as it is, as people in the world perceive it to be, but I see it as I am. And that I am being Christ, the Son of God. So I no longer perceive it through a separate self. I see it through the eyes of I am. I see it as I am. And this is where I truly can experience the beingness, the one beingness, the unshakable beingness of being one, a part of God, a part of everything, everything being a part of me um, in, its, in its totality. And that's the seamless, boundaryless, um, without differences, that it's all holy and it's all lovable and it's all loving, an expression of love. So the, um, this idea of temptation um, to, to judge, to judge and make something separate, make it an exception and reject it, as not being part of the totality of who I am, which is which is heaven. My communication, my communication with everything, as I am, without difference or without distinction. And the the ideas that I would hold no thought between me and anything that I see. Not a single thought, not a single idea that nothing could be separate or come between me and my vision of God in the world. Because all ideas are fragments. All perceptions are fragments. And, and thus do divide into separation and differences. And destroying, destroying the unity of the totality of our reality, 
which is beyond perception. Here I go, there I go. Hits off, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Judy. Um, this is Robin Thank Marie. <laughs> I was, uh, I've been thinking about uh, people on the street because I stop at McDonald's and I go past, Today I went past a man who was collecting um, blankets and sleeping bags, and recently I had a conversation with some friends about that. So what came to me with this reading is uh, something that I'm trying to remember specifically what Jesus said, but I think it was this. What you do unto the least of these, my brothers, you do unto me. And so that's uh, my take for the reading today, is um, moving it uh, out into how important that is. Thank you. Thank you, Robert Marie. Thank you, Robert Marie. Beautiful. Extend instead of project. <laughs> Thank you, Robin Marie. Good point. Thank you, Robin Marie. Hi, this is Steve. Good morning. I love this. Uh, remo- Go ahead. Somebody else want to say something? Okay. Can you hear me? Loud and clear, Steve. Oh, okay. Uh Anyway, I love the coexistence of the temporal with the infinite. They seem to be both uh, my reality. And I don't don't, uh, discount the world of form nor the world of of God, uh, the the infinite eternal. They're both co-mingling there's all it's like two aspects of the of my reality and I think uh, when I hit my head on a, on a table or something and it's real to me and I, I accept this world of form as an amazing expression of God of the of the non-form like a artist that's creating something beautiful Something more, what could be more beautiful than this, this a tree with fruit on it that can feed me? And, and so I don't just say, oh, this is, I'm, I'm leaving. Uh, I don't need any part of, I am not any part of this tree, but I am. And it's part of God's expression. And I love the commingling. And I also love the reminder that my beliefs, dictate to a great degree on what I see. But not everything I see is, is a product of my creation. I can get into a child mind and just go, wow. So I love the, the uh, both aspects of this present moment in that I can be uh, anchored in the spirit of peace while viewing the changing seasons. And it's all uh, an amazing phenomenon. And I'm, I love it both. And I'm complete. 
Thank you, Steve. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Something about the power, the power of um, the the power of perception being able to make a world, and we cannot see both worlds because as I see Christ in me, I see Christ in the world, and I see God in the world, and we but behold ourselves in what we see, and as I see my brother. He is healed. And I, that's why I love that line that I repeated when I read. Um, there, that do not give it power to replace the changelessness in him in your sight. There is no false appearance, but will fade. And, uh, and if you request a miracle, there is no pain from which he is not free if you would just have him be what he is. So... To me, this really speaks of what Robin Marie spoke of, this um, loving my brother as myself, as I am in truth, so we can be free of the dream of suffering and pain. And, and this is our true, this is our true um, restoration of ourselves to the mind of God as he created us to be. So... I appreciate what Steve said wholeheartedly and embrace it in the same way. But um, I just felt from my own practice that it's important for me in my awakening from the dream to go beyond perception, to go beyond learning, and to be healed completely of it. Because the dream is a dream of judgment, a dream of perception. And in order to awaken from it, it has to be undone in my mind. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Judy. Oh, hi, this is Lana. I'm outside on the porch. I apologize. Ginger's trying to communicate with the dog next door. So <laughs> I'm sorry if that's interference. But I, you know, at the beginning of this call after the reading, I said, oh, gosh, there's so much here. And in the lesson, too, they go together so well. They're both pointing me towards the mechanics of my mind and how it functions and uh, what I put in between my brother and myself, the truth of my brother and myself. And then every one by one, everybody shared exactly what was on my mind. <laughs> you know, it was like as I had the thought, boom, someone shows up to share it. And it, it was so lovely to just be a witness to that. Um, uh, and I do like the part where, um, I, well, I love it all, but one part that really struck home where, He's trying to, and I don't have the book with me, but I, where he's trying to, Jesus is trying to explain to me that, for instance, I can't in one moment ask for a miracle to heal my mind about the idea of physical pain. 
And then in the next moment, I feel justified in my anger towards the brother. And, um, you know, they're, you know, they kind of conflict. Jesus is telling me either it's all love or it's not. You know, either I'm coming from a place of love or I'm not. So um, in the willingness to forgive my misperceptions of my brother is that healing accomplished, that miracle is uh, returned to my mind, the source of the idea that my brother could be anything other than the Christ. And um, that's a miracle I can ask for. <laughs> um, and receive because it's it's a wish for not only just this one particular brother but for all brothers for all the wish that I see everyone through the eyes of Christ and recognize their reality their constant eternal reality that is changeless so um, I love that part of it and um, it's like you can't be half pregnant or a little bit pregnant you know you're either on board or you're not <laughs> And, you know, and either you're coming from love or you're coming from a place of justified, a seeming justified um, thought or belief. And that's what we let go of and forgive. Uh, I'm complete. Thank you for listening. Hi, girl. Thank you, Lana. Yeah, thank you, Lana. No partials. Thank you. Thank you, Lana. Uh, this is Micah. I appreciated this section because I um, I was surprised at first that it used to be this line here in paragraph 89, Re- reality is changeless. It is this that makes it real and keeps it separate from all appearances. It must transcend all form to be itself. It cannot change. And that that quote has for years been kind of a one of the main walking sticks of my you know, the the movement through a landscape of the spirit. And uh it would always create a movement of, of softening my eyes to see in the moment, okay, what's around me that's not changing? And and my eyes soften, they stop looking at form, and it just starts to feel this present energy around. It's just humming. And... Um, and it's it, it, and this morning I enjoyed that that idea of the changeless, but it was a little bit more on the, in the petri dish, you know, of, of you know being identified in space time, because I I didn't have a morning kind of meditation shifting period this morning, so I so I was kind of more asleep uh, during this reading, which is so powerful, and so. But the practical side of it this for this morning was looking at every every second every, every yeah every second how the feeling of uh, Micah was changing 
oh, that's not real. And it keeps going on moment by moment. There's this changing reality of this small self, of this communication medium in time-space that I call me, and, oh, it's not real. Oh, this isn't real. Because it's changing, you know, and it's... It, it it uh it created a kind of a, a you know a soft awakening in awareness but it wasn't until i started to again feel just not too long ago a few moments ago that that changeless reality being present at the same time while all these perceptions are going on of time and space they're coexisting together. So uh, thank you, Judy, for highlighting perception and Steve about the the two worlds together. Because it's really, it is like a divided attention of, okay, seeing, okay, this feeling of being somebody right now, how changeable it is from second to second. Oh, that's not real. And then at the same time, keeping the vision also with a divided attention on, oh, this what this other changeless reality. And uh, so it was a practical reading this morning in on many ways. In many ways, um, that's I, that's a simple share, but that's about it. Thanks. Thank you, Micah. I love the way you always describe shifting. Thank you for that. Oh, you bet.
Well, good morning, everyone. This is Lori. And I'm with you, Harrison. This this section does represent, um, like every section, I suspect, represents the truth of the Course. That there isn't, there is a changeless reality. Hmm. Thinking right now of that quote, you belong to first cause, are one with it, and forever one with it. And beside first cause, there is no other cause. But the dream of separation entered into the mind that is and always will be one. And here we are. <laughs> I'm, I'm, um, I'm in mind this morning, especially of uh, someone who's thinking I really love, and that's Thomas Merton. In one of his final works, and he was, you might say that Thomas Merton journaled his life. Uh, with all of his writings from the time he entered the monastery to the time uh, after he studied with Thich Nhat Hanh, a contemporary man. Um, but the wonderful thing that I love about Thomas Merton is one of his last works, which is called Conjectures of a Guilty Bystander. And, and there's even a plaque if you go to Louisville, Kentucky. And maybe some of you have been there at the corner of 4th and Walnut. There's a plaque labeled Revelation. And the plaque reads, Merton had a sudden insight on this corner, March 18, 1958, that led him to redefine his monastic identity with greater involvement in social justice issues. That's not the part that's good. Here it is. He was suddenly overwhelmed, this is a quote, with the realization that I loved all these people. He found them walking around, shining like the sun. And he wrote, in the center of the shopping district, I was suddenly overwhelmed with the realization that I loved all these people, that they were mine and I theirs, that we could not be alien to one another, even though we were total strangers. It was like waking from the dream of separateness, of spurious self-isolation in a special world, the world of renunciation and supposed holiness. This sense of liberation from an illusory difference was such a relief and such a joy to me that I almost laughed out loud. I have the immense joy of being a man, a member of a race in which God himself became incarnate, as if the sorrows and stupidities of the human condition could overwhelm me. Now I realize what we all are, and if only everybody could realize this, but it cannot be explained. There is no way of telling people that they are all walking around shining like the sun. There he was running errands for the monastery and this suddenly came upon him. 
that's changeless reality to me. And and every time God allows me the grace to participate in something like this, I'm brought closer to the realization of what capital as self is. The capital as self we all share. He talks about it in so many places in this work as the innate natural beingness of the soul. It's not something that uh, can ever be forgotten because we were created like and of and for this. And so we don't have to look for it. It's already there. Only look for the blocks to its awareness. And that's why this section is like a master instruction. Because it, it asks me to ask myself, would you not have your brother be healed and whole? Would I not have that be the truth? Well, if I stop and, and release my idea, all things I think I see reflect ideas, if I stop and release my idea, the idea that I learned when I thought I was my own teacher, it never fails. It just never fails. That when I release my idea, truth comes. Why? Not because it was somewhere else, but because it was always here. It can't be lost. It can only be hidden from my awareness. By what? By my will. Would I not want my brother to be healed and whole? Of course I would. I didn't know my will. That's why that's why we need the great teacher. The oh my goodness, just a minute. Sorry about that. But <laughs> there's two of them they <laughs> just like with us when there's two of us sometimes sometimes we're oil and water <laughs> but that's the point of all this you know um, will, will I ask myself um, to give up my mistaken idea or will I cling to it with white knuckled hands and the wonderful thing about truth, the wonderful thing about the atonement is that it is so gentle. I need whisper to it and all its assistance will come rushing into my mind. The atonement gives me God, but the atonement also gives me capitalized self, which is God and which is the Christ mind that we all share. And that can be brought to my awareness any time I release a mistake, an idea. It's just so simple. I often quote from chapter 16. I think that's the magnitude of holiness. 
Um, but the quote that I love is, reality is safe and sure and wholly kind to everything and everyone. Here's the key part. There is no greater love than to accept this and be glad. There is no greater love than to accept this and be glad. I don't have to look for that love. It's already in me. It's natural. It was an in, it was innate in creation as a child of God. It's an in, innate in all creation. And it can be revealed to me simply for the release of my mistaken ideas. And so much more. And so much more. I mean, Thomas Burton... I mean, this this was a man who spent his lifetime looking for the truth. Um, he spent his time in nature. He spent his time with his brothers. He wrote beautiful, beautiful works. His first was Seven Story Mountain. And yet, it was toward the end of his life that he woke up on the corner of Fifth and Walnut in Louisville, Kentucky. And that awareness waits us all. Every miracle that I allow to light my awareness brings me the truth of this oneness and the love that was always there. And every lesson in the workbook does the same. Um, I, I remember, um, well, it's neither here nor there. What I want to say is that um, the Holy Spirit wants to give the answer that was made just for my mind. He weaves it out of all my life experiences. He pulls all the threads out of my awareness and gives me a whole and complete picture of the Son of God shining in my awareness as me and as you and as the self we share. And he does that whole and completely every time I whisper to the atonement. Every time I ask a miracle to light my awareness, which is the same as saying every time I let my idea go and let forgiveness light my mind. Salvation is so simple. I give the gifts I have received. He says, the only way to be healed, the only way to be healed is to heal. <laughs> I need light my mind with the awareness of truth, which is so, so, my Father is so willing to pour that into my mind every time I release my own idea. What is God's will for me but perfect happiness? What is God's will except that he pour and pour and pour and pour himself into creation in unlimited fashion would I limit that with my mistaken idea or would I ask for truth which restores the oneness that we all share I, I'm so grateful for those years that I spent in self-isolation because they taught me that I cannot be separated from myself that myself is you and you and you and you and everything and um, and that's the joy of living 
<laughs> to me today. And uh, I'm so grateful. I'm just, just so grateful. I'm complete. Thank you, Lord. It was a beautiful walk. Thank you, Lori. Thanks so much. It's really precious. Thank you so much, Lori. Thank you, Lori. It's Chris, kindly listening. Oh, hi, Chris. Um, There's time yet for uh, another share or two from anyone. Yeah, this is Steve. Thanks, Lori. I want to share that I wonder if others agree in that there's a certain liberation when I see the world of form, accept it just as it is. It, it, the nature of it is passing. Like George Harrison said, all things must pass. And when I look at the world of perception, knowing that its nature is... Uh, comparisons and and uh, opposites and life and then death at the uh, summer spring winter fall and then it disappears you know leaves come leaves go lives come lives go it's the nature of that perceptual world and when I see it for what it is and accept it for what it is and let it be what it is uh, knowing that it is passing and it changes, then there's a certain, I don't know, the perspective of having the knowledge of the self, soul, God within, which I feel in my heart, and the understanding that that which I perceive passes. Those two simultaneous worlds, the world of form and then the cause, uh, the spirit, it's liberating and it's freeing and it's neat. Uh, and I wanted to just share that perspective of acceptance of the form as well as knowing of the knowledge of the soul. I'm complete. Oh, thanks, Steve. Knowledge of the soul, yep. Thank you, Steve. Beautiful. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. This is Harold. Just quickly, I was listening to uh, Luke Santana's and 
for partner Colleen uh, on their YouTube this morning. And so what occurred to me was that there is, and they were discussing today's lesson, and what occurred to me is that there is only one mind, and that's with the capital M. To uh, differentiate itself from my individual mind, uh, which uh, I created, uh, and the I being the illusory self that I think I am. I'm born in a body that will die. Um, but the mind with the capital M is eternal. And all the thoughts that emanate from that mind are eternal as well. And is forever connected with that mind with the capital M. And that mind with the capital M does not reflect at all what my small mind is showing me. So the body and all the things having to do with the body does not exist within that mind with a capital M. No matter how much I adore it or want it to be real and uh, want it to be something that God created, as a kid growing up on a farm and uh, loving nature, loving the woods and the pastures and uh, all the sounds and flavors. But to come to realize that that world is a projection of my own separate thoughts. And no matter how much I can uh, put lipstick on the lips of a pig, <laughs> it's still a pig. And I can't change the nature of the projected world. It will forever be imperfect. It will never reflect the thoughts of God. The thoughts of God are in my mind. And that's where 
they were what we were speaking, and that's our liberation. That's our freedom. And we can but embrace that. It will never go away. It will always be available to us. And there's nothing we can do that can deny to us the truth of who we am and what Jesus is telling us in our reading today. I am so thankful for this that I am a thought in the mind of God. I'm complete. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Harrison. Mm, that was just wonderful. Thank you, Harrison. Well, in regard to these mighty ideas, it seems right to close this call, or close this recording, I should say. Not the call, it goes on. Uh, with what I referred to earlier in the magnitude for holiness, magnitude of holiness. A couple of paragraphs. No evidence will convince you of the truth of what you do not want. Yet your relationship with him is real and has been demonstrated. Regard this not with fear, but with rejoicing. The one you called upon is with you. Bid him welcome and honor his witnesses who bring you the glad tidings that he has come. The power of holiness and the weakness of attack have both been brought into your awareness. And this has been accomplished in minds firmly convinced that holiness is weakness and attack is power. Should not this be sufficient miracle to teach you that your capital teacher is not of you? And remember also whenever you listen to his interpretation, the results have brought you joy. Do not interpret against God's love, for you have many witnesses which speak of it so clearly that only the blind and deaf could fail to see and hear them. This here, determined not to deny what has been given you by God, awake and share it, for that is the only reason he is called to you. Reality is safe and sure and holy kind to everyone and everything. There is no greater love than to accept this and be glad. For love asks only that you be happy and will give you everything that makes for happiness. You've never given any problem to the Holy Spirit he has not solved for you, nor will you ever do so. You've never tried to solve anything yourself and been successful. Is it not time you brought these facts together and made sense of them? This is the year for the application of the ideas which have been given you. For the ideas are mighty forces to be used and not held idly by. They have already proved their power sufficiently for you to place your faith in them. 
and not in their denial. This year, invest in truth and let it work in peace. Have faith in what has faith in you. Have faith in what has faith in you. Isn't that beautiful? Amen. Thank you all. I'm so glad I travel with you. Glad to travel with you too as well. Oh, well. Thanks. Thanks, Harrison. Thank you.